my name is Mum. In each episode, we take an in-depth look at a different trope or subgenre in a huge variety of Destiel fan fiction. And in this episode, we're going to celebrate, we're having a big celebration because not only are there now 100,000 Destiel fics on AO3, 100,000 different stories about Dean and Cass and their relationship. So we're actually almost at um, 101,000 already. We're already at 100. 1,789 already. Oh, really? Oh, that's yes. So, that's amazing. Uh, so not only do we have that many Destiel stories of Dean and Cass falling in love in 100,000 different ways, um, we're also celebrating one whole year of doing this podcast. We released our first Hooray. episode on September 18th, 2020. Yeah. So did what any yeah. p- any person would do during lockdown and that start podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, no regrets, honestly. <laughs> we have spent countless hours just jabbering about fanfic, so it's fine. And it's been good. Yeah. So to celebrate one whole year of this podcast, we're actually going to have a, a giveaway. We've got lots of prizes that we um, want to send to you guys because it's our birthday, but we want to give you the presents. So if you go to um, to mixtapebookclub.com in this episode's post, there'll be uh, a giveaway form there where you can fill in your um, details and we'll um, enter you to win some great prizes, which I think are going to include copies of Misha's poetry book, which is coming out in just a few weeks, and some fandom goodies as well. So um, stickers and art prints, maybe some things from Redbubble I don't know there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going to be included in the giveaway so go and have a look at the, this post on um, mixtapebookclub.com so in celebration of all of that this week we're going to talk about fix that involve Cass and Ordine being writers to celebrate all the wonderful authors that we have in this fandom and creators so here with us today to discuss her fic and this your living kiss we would like to welcome author Opal Willits Hey, Opal. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for coming to talk to us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be doing the podcast. And it's a good one. And I like listening. So I hope people enjoy this episode as well. I know I'm going to enjoy this episode. We've got some good fix coming up. Very excited. Oh, yeah. We do. So the um, other fix we're going to discuss today, apart from um, And This, Your Living Kiss... Uh, um, the State of You by Trenchcoat Baby. We've got Cabin by the Lake by CB Firestarter and The Ocean Between Us by Knox Soulmate, um, as well as a couple of other shorter fix that I think we've got on our list too. So let's get right into it, shall we? Yes, let's dive straight in. So the first fic we're going to start with today is called And This Your Living Kiss by Opal Bullets. Um, it was published as part of Pinefest in 2019, and it's 57,000 words long and is rated M. Um, and Opal, would you mind reading us the summary? Okay. Only a very few people in the world know that the celebrated and reclusive poet Jack Allen is just Kansas mechanic Dean Winchester, a high school dropout with a few bucks to his name. Not that it matters anymore. Life has left him so wrung out he never wants to pick up another pen. Until, that is. 
A string of coincidences leads Dean to auditing a poetry course with one Dr. Castiel Novak. The professor is wildly intelligent, devastatingly handsome, and just so happens to be academia's foremost expert on the poetry of Jack Allen. Yes. <laughs> so um, this is like, I, want, I was going to say two-person love triangle, but it's not really because it is, you know, it's just like a, a two-sided shape. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. So, yeah, I mean, there's it's, not it's, enough it's, legs on this triangle. No, it's not really a triangle. <laughs> it's a bit in identity porn. It's identity porn yeah. without quite being a two-person love triangle. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like softcore porn. It's just, it's just like a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> just enough to keep you interested. <laughs> just, just titillating, not hardcore. <laughs> exactly. So I guess like because Cass ends up falling for both, you know, Jack Allen, who's he's obsessed with in his poetry, and then he meets Dean, who's like, you know, completely separate person but you know they end up being the same which I think is a really interesting way to do that kind of thing I, I don't know there's I don't know how many identity porn type stories like that there are out there for Destiel but I love the idea of um Dean just freaking out every time that Castiel mentions Jack Allen <laughs> just <laughs> it's a great way to create a, a lot of tension in the story yeah there's a lot of dramatic irony in this fic for sure a lot of stuff that Cass knows a lot of stuff that Dean knows not a lot of middle ground there such a great trope for them so um can you tell us a little bit about how this story came to be like what was your inspiration for creating this one god does time mean anything anymore (laughs) as a while ago um the the problem with me is that I am one of those writers who just sits on an idea and sits on it and sits on it and sits on it for a long time. Um, I think, I know it's not among the very first fix I thought of for the fandom, but it's definitely one I was ruminating about for a while. And I think kind of what happens for me anyway is that if there's something that I really love or interested in, and I can kind of see where the way that I identify with the characters there's some common ground there I get interested in seeing like how I could incorporate that into their world and so poetry was always going to happen at some point and I know that when Pinefest was coming up I was like you know I would really like to do Pinefest and I was thinking about my ideas and I was like oh like if Dean were a poet right but like Cass was the academic but Dean is not really the academic type if we're staying kind of close to canon right yeah that would be really interesting and and I know I had I had a lot of doubts about it because I was like god no one likes poetry like nobody (laughs) I'm just a nerd about this no one wants to hear it and I I remember very specifically just like um sweeping a bunch of like newer poetry collections out of the library and bringing them home and just sitting there reading them because you can knock them out in about an hour or less a piece you know just to like get in the mindset and I was like not feeling it not feeling it and all of a sudden like in the randomly in the middle of one I was like I hear Dean I hear Dean right now I hear Dean's poetic voice and I just sat down and I wrote what ended up being the first draft of perfection and I was like, I can actually do this fic. 
I was like, I don't think anyone's going to read it, but I actually want to do it now. So that's kind of, kind of its origin story, I guess. Mm. Uh, you got to find that piece that clicks and then it flows from there sometimes. Yeah, exactly. See, I actually think that poetry is a really good fit for Dean because poetry tends to be much more about careful word choices rather than excessive amounts of words and that's very much more where Dean is for me <laughs> like he he will probably ruminate a lot more over picking the correct word and stress about that word for you know probably a decade um before <laughs> he actually says anything than be somebody who's just going to talk excessively <laughs> Yeah, he talks a lot, but as, you know, he says he's, you know, like 90% bullshit. It doesn't necessarily mean exactly. what he, he wants to mean. Yeah. yeah. And so, I don't know, poetry was a very good fit, especially the way that you did it with all the, the references that he has in his poetry. And yeah. I think one of my favorite things about this entire fic was the fact that even after studying Jack Allen for so long, that Cass just genuinely did not get a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I really like that because I think uh you know and I don't like plan themes you know what I mean I'm not that type of writer but like kind of the, one of the themes that came out of it was kind of how poetry should belong to everybody but it's become sort of this isolated academic thing for some weird reason and it's actually a little different now even from when I wrote this fic I think Instagram is coming becoming like a major poetry outlet because like yeah. if you look at a lot of like if you ever look at like the goodreads end of the year stuff <laughs> which i look to just based on popularity alone a lot of the the high rated poetry collections they're all instagram poets mm-hmm. they're like oh yeah. now all my poems are off of instagram so i guess it's a little different now but for the most part seriously studied poetries and academia and i just you know, all sorts of people are academics, don't get me wrong, but just like Dean's life experience and Cass's life experience have been so different. And like Cass doesn't listen to the same music or, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's a way that like his poetry can speak to Cass without them sharing the same interests either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really kind of lovely and, and, important how it was pointed out I don't think this is necessarily a spoiler because it's not necessarily a a plot point or anything about their relationship necessarily but um, that a lot of Jack Allen's poetry like one of the things that Cass has been kind of arguing for years is that his poetry is you know valid and important and will be long lived in spite of all those references when actually what kind of flips it for him and he starts thinking of it differently because of Dean is that actually it can be important and and have a long life to it because of those things <laughs> like it, it doesn't yeah. have to be in spite of those things it can be because of them <laughs> um, and I, I thought that that was quite interesting actually to kind of look at it in a slightly meta way and think about it um, from a kind of fandom point of view because there are so many things in fandom that are like oh well you know people love this this show or this ship or all things in spite of all these other things that you know you see within the fandom within within our ship within fix there are all these things that are like oh it's great in spite of all these things and actually a lot of the time i think fandom is great because of those things <laughs> like i mean people say that about supernatural too right if it were perfect uh-huh. would we be creating all of these fix to go into the spaces that 
they left wide open, you know. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm sure objectively, from some academic point of view, Supernatural is terrible. And I don't love it oh, in it spite it's of trash. those things. I love it because <laughs> of those things. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we love the trash. Um, we do. <laughs> it does have um, a lot of a, like, I guess you've got a lot of meta in there anyway, um, especially with, Dean goes is going to um, if you haven't read this fic and you this is not a spoiler but Dean goes along to classes in at the university where Cass teaches and they do they study a couple of poems that sort of bring back a lot of trauma for Dean about his dad and how like um, how they like he treated them before he died and all that and he's gets into a lot of angst kind of space with Sam uh, Sam helps him through it. Um, so is that, I guess there's, there's a lot of sort of meta writing about John and even in the show's portrayal of him that came through in this. And I like how, do you write meta as well as stories? I mean, there was a lot of thinking going into this kind of, um, how Dean relates to his father and this. I read a lot of meta in my head. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, Let's see. I want. I first started watching this show in 2013, and I binged it on Netflix, and mm-hmm. and I started watching it because I had kind of recently come to Tumblr, and it was just as you know, this was a super hulak era, so yeah. I was seeing references <laughs> to Supernatural all the time, and you know, I had already watched Doctor Who and enjoyed it, and I was like, you know, this might be a show worth watching, That's just exactly based how on how I passionate, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people are really passionate about it right and I and I like it when people are passionate so I was like okay I'll watch it and unfortunately that meant I was spoiled for like the major twist which is the arrival of Castiel and the angels but I wasn't really spoiled for much else honestly because it was all memes and jokes right so when I, you know, I first started watching it, I'm not really into horror, but I was all like, okay, there's like some funny about it. There's something about it that I can, this is, you know, cause it's summertime. I was like, you know, whatever. And then by the time they got to like home, right. And you really first ju- dug into what their relationship is with John and like John appearing at the end of the episode, he was there the whole fucking time, the asshole, <laughs> like <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. It was like starting from there and then going from like uh, shadow and then like uh, the very end, dead man's blood when they have that whole thing where like John, like bitches out Dean for the state of the Impala for like no damn reason and then like Sam and John are yelling and Dean has to get between them there there's just something about the way the family dynamic was built in season one even as they were trying to struggle to figure out what the show was that hooked me so hard Mm -hmm. and I have been thinking about those relationships since then because I feel that despite it being like a fantasy horror show whatever that they hit some raw nerve in real family dynamics especially for like I don't know the lower class and like the tension with Sam trying to rise above his station in life yeah. there's so there's all these like undercurrent of class dynamics and in in the struggle for money and the personalities and the tragedy that that joins them and repels each other at the same time and it just always felt really true to me and I've never ever been satisfied 
with the way that the show goes about it. Like in pockets, yes. Um, but like overall treats it. And I've never really been satisfied with the way fandom treats it. So I think what happened when I was writing the fic is it just kind of came out. And obviously there's like personal feelings in, in there. It triggered you as well. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I, no, it actually literally did. Because I was just do, oh. do, 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 writing my draft, and then I just started crying, <laughs> like oh. in the middle of writing it. And I and I always know when that happens that I've I've kind of unknotted something within myself. It's almost like a catharsis, like something like, okay, that like I was holding that in for who knows how long, and I'm finally letting it go via my art, as it were. So pretentious, my mm-hmm. art. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, it was just one of those things. And I was all like, okay, you know, there's something there. And yeah. Well, it's a very powerful scene, like where the, um, where Dean's sort of out laying it all out for Sam. And um, yeah, it's, it really tugs at the heartstrings. Even to read it a second time, I was like, oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so thank you, it was lovely. Yeah, I get, um, I tell you what, if you think that tugs at your heartstrings, the comments I get on that chapter I was just really... literally just about to say, I bet that, that, that sometimes reading the comments on that chapter can be tough. <laughs> because... Yeah, I mean, I love... Share. Yeah, yeah. D- don't get me wrong, I love all of the comments like if you're listening to this please don't like second guess yourself but like yeah i like getting the email notifications for comments because then throughout the day if i check my email i'm like oh a little gift thank you (laughs) um um, but uh yeah i'll get those and sometimes i i just i get laid out by them and it, it is just like you know you feel so humbled and just it just makes you so sad that there's so much grief in the world but at the same time you're glad that something spoke to them and you're kind of, I can't help you, but maybe this helped you. Like maybe I'm holding your hand a little bit right now. And then that makes me, that makes me feel better. So not only, uh, I guess Sam is there during the whole way through this one, but also um, you've got people around Dean that, that help him through a lot of this stuff. Like there's one scene that I particularly love where um, he's just sort of coming to terms with, telling everyone that he's back doing some poetry, although even though I don't think anyone knows at that stage that he's writing it, but um, that he has a scene with Bobby and Rufus and they're just like, oh, mm. you're studying poetry? Okay, how about this, like, haiku that you haven't, you don't know about? And I, I love when <laughs> Bobby and especially Rufus come in and just, like, they know shit. Like, you know, they, yes. you, you don't expect them to know stuff and then they just know and you're like, that is brilliant. <laughs> Yes, I love them as characters at the best of times, but then just adding in that extra layer where they can be that little bit unexpected, because it's so easy to put characters like Bobby and Rufus in these little boxes and then just make them kind of one-trick ponies where they're just grumpy and wear vests and just, you know, hang around (laughs) in the background. (laughs) I I love it when we get more layers to them than that, because they are, they are much more complex, layered characters than that. Yeah, and, uh, and it's wonderful when we get space for that in fix. I don't think it's necessarily that, you know, writers reduce them to these one-dimensional things. It's just that oftentimes in fic, you know, they, they don't have any other role than that because the story isn't necessarily about them. Um, yeah. But I love it when there's a fic that's, that's big enough or has them in it enough that you get to see 
those, those extra layers and so much more of them and I loved that so much because I, I love Rufus I love Bobby I love Bobby very very much but Bobby plus Rufus just makes my day <laughs> oh they're the dream team they're the dream yes, team yes <laughs> 100% I love them yeah, I, th- I think um, the fact that canonically Bobby knows a ton of languages, including Japanese, which I think is the coolest and we never really get an explanation for other than like, he loves books, yeah. <laughs> um, is, is kind of always makes me wonder. I, I was all like, oh gosh, like, did he know? Because just kind of what his age is, I, yeah, this is just, you know, headcanon stuff. It's like, did he know people who fought in World War II? Or like were sent to internment camps. Like, who did he know? I I like to think it's because he knew someone who spoke Japanese for some reason or another. But I was like, if he studied the language, he's gonna. And I'm I'm sorry if I'm gonna butcher the name, but he's gonna know Matsuo Basho, right? Because mm-hmm. he's one of the big names in haiku, in in Japanese literature. But you know, it's one of those things too. Is that when I was growing up, and you guys might have experienced the same thing, is that I was always delighted when I find out that an adult knew something about something like (laughs) you know what I'm saying because it's like you know like like if you're sitting there and you're like oh I just discovered this thing crazy right and you're a teenager so you're like oh I'm the only one who knows about this thing it's so crazy (laughs) and then like you you like mention it and then like an adult is all like ah yes such and such and you're like oh I know nothing but I, that always excites me when I feel like I know nothing about something because I'm like, oh, it's learning time. <laughs> and I think adults yeah, like, and I think, yeah, yeah, on a much for sure. uh, lower brow um, level, um, my kids <laughs> discovering Pokemon and telling me about them, and I'm like, yes, I was there when the old magic was written, or <laughs> whatever that meme is. <laughs> what are they like? Have you heard of Jigglypuff? And you're like, yes, yes, I yes. have. Yes, I know Jigglypuff. <laughs> kids are very humbling in that way sometimes though (laughs) yes you gotta you gotta try really hard not to laugh and like be condescending about it because it's like exciting for them (laughs) yeah okay i know some stuff My my daughter got really into the Shira series, like the newer one, oh, and, yeah. uh, and I loved it. And we ended up watching it together, and it was brilliant. But when she first mentioned it, and she was like, "Oh, uh, this is new. You can't know what this is," and I was just sat there thinking, "Yeah, Shira didn't look like that when I was a kid." <laughs> 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 but no, I loved the the new series, and it was wonderful. So, but yeah, there's, there's... I still haven't watched it yet. There is a great feeling of discovering when someone else knows something. And you don't necessarily know enough about that thing yet, but there's also this great feeling of of knowing that there's someone else out there who has this knowledge. I feel like this is probably one of those things where there's a word for it. There's a specific word somewhere out there in some language mm. for that feeling, probably. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. probably. And it like just it makes you hungrier like for the knowledge. <laughs> yeah, it makes you hungrier for the knowledge, knowing that other people know it and you don't. <laughs> well, it's kind of like broadening your horizons a little bit. You're like okay, so this is, like, more vast and complicated than I have comprehended as of yet, you know? Yeah, like, the world yeah. just gets that little bit bigger all of a sudden. Mm, exactly. <laughs> and it also make, gives you that realisation that this person has a whole other layer about them that you never knew was there. <laughs> like, yeah. coming back full circle to the full character of Bobby and Rufus. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I think, too, like, and this is... 
like one of the other kind of sub layers of the story that you may or may not have picked up, but um, kind of the deterioration of public schooling um, in America. Like I get continually frustrated when I hear about things that like the generations above me got to learn in school that I never did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you guys got to read what? <laughs> I sure didn't. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. So I think it makes sense that even if they, if there were poetry that they never like sought out by themselves, that they probably would have read a lot more of it in school than Dean ever had to. A lot less American poetry, obviously, and a lot more Shakespeare shoved down my throat, you know, being mostly oh, schooled in England. I could not escape <laughs> Shakespeare, we did, unfortunately. We did a whole lot of Shakespeare too. I think that's probably a worldwide thing, or well, at least an English speaking worldwide thing. Yeah, they taught us a ton of Shakespeare and no one ever taught it well. It like wasn't until yeah. I started doing it in theater where I was like, oh, so it's actually good. It actually is good. <laughs> yeah. I think I think we did like three different plays per year. It would be like one per term that was oh, wow. like, fantastic. yeah. Mm. And then like mm. other things on top, of, like on top of it. But yeah, I enjoy reading poetry. Like I don't read as much of it as I feel like I should and that was like a, a sub goal that I set myself this year because I set myself a goal that I was going to try and read some physical books this year that were not on a screen <laughs> yeah. and were not fanfic just for variety's sake because there is nothing wrong with reading fanfic and clearly I read a lot of it as I'm on this podcast <laughs> but just for variety's sake I was like no I'm gonna make sure that I read some other things as well so I set myself a goal to read like 50 books but then I also set myself a goal to make sure that I read 10 poetry anthologies as well on top of that Oh. How's that going? <laughs> well, I'm at five, so I mean, I'm halfway oh, through the year, so I'm done. slightly that's, behind. That's really not good. Too much. <laughs> not, too, not too bad. It's fine. But that we'll is. see by the time the end of the year comes whether I've succeeded or not. Mm-hmm. I may succeed at the poetry and fail everything else at this point. <laughs> well, you could have some wins, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I'll take the poetry win and just let the rest of it go. <laughs> One thing I really loved about this story, um, towards the end of it, when when Cass does work out that uh, I can't remember if it's before he work he he realizes that who Dean is or not, but he says yeah it must be beforehand because Dean gets a bit flustered about it. Is that he says that that Jack Allen's poetry changed him, um, and I know this was written mm. before sort of the end of the show. <laughs> so well done you for. <laughs> predicting that. useless prophecy <laughs> it's, it's, dude it's um, so it's oh god it's heartbreaking it's, in, in, <laughs> that it came true but yes yeah well it's just one of the it's the funniest thing because i am i'm the type of watcher of supernatural who really loves all of the meta like even like i said i write a lot of it in my head i read a ton of it like on Tumblr and I love looking for the parallels and like all that kind of stuff and I'm like and I know through, throughout like season 15 a lot of us were like oh so many blank spaces so many blank spaces and then like he's 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 giving his confession his monologue right in despair and I was like I felt for me like every sentence he spoke was like that just filled in a blank space that just filled in, like everything sounded familiar to me and it was like one of those things that that I like to call like the inevitable surprise like you didn't necessarily like see it coming but once he says it it was like inevitable that it should have been that way and I thought that's all it was I'm like everything sounded correct and familiar right 
Yeah. And then, like, not long after I get this comedy, I threw the, like, holy shit, you wrote, you changed me. And I was like, I did? What? <laughs> and I had to go back and read it. And I was like, I did. I did write that. <laughs> that's why it sounded so familiar. <laughs> I already yeah, felt I... that's how Cass felt. <laughs> oh, well, obviously, it was the truth. <laughs> I had a similar yes. thing. I had um, someone wrote a comment on my demon demon like him saying uh because in that i said they have this big goodbye scene he says why does this sound like a goodbye and i didn't i'd forgotten <gasps> oh my god <laughs> i'd put that in there at all <laughs> and then um in the the scene itself i'm like bawling my eyes out so i never would have sort of realized but yeah then i went back and read it and went oh shit i did kind of you know Okay. See, okay, see, okay. this is just proof. This is just proof. This is proof. Because I have read, I have read other fics where there are things that I'm like, yeah, yeah, they predicted that. We know these characters better than some of the people yeah, who made that show. Yeah. It was always meant to happen this way. It I really was. Like <laughs> both of you made predictions that were so much nicer than the one I accidentally made. <laughs> oh yeah, yours. Yeah, yeah. The, the Reaper. I, I had yeah. so many angry comments, <laughs> not like joking, joking angry, luckily. Um, so we did a uh, a rewrite, not a rewrite, but like a, a season 15 before season 15 came out, following on from the end of season 14. Yes, and, the um, zombies. Yeah, we're, we're following on with the zombie storyline from the graveyard at the end of season 14. And um, in my chapter of that, I may have impaled Dean on a rebar. <laughs> <gasps> No! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> How? I had forgotten about it completely until people started yelling about it. <laughs> it was just his leg. It wasn't like yeah, I didn't kill his middle. Oh, you didn't kill him. It's, okay, it's fine. He got unimpaled and saved. He got fixed fine. up. He was fine. Yeah. I did. I did what the other writers would not. Okay, I help was called for. Yeah. <laughs> I just went yeah, through back I've, into that rage yeah. recently because I'm watching through Buffy and I got up to the bit where Cordelia gets impaled, like fully impaled on a rebar yeah, and like she's fine. Much, and I'm just much like, worse than Dean was impaled. <laughs> yes. Fucking assholes. <laughs> anyway, like she was, was completely rage. run through by something much like yeah. chunkier. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, and she lived. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness! Mm. Yep. Anyway, at least anyway. We, we, uh, we we all predicted, <laughs> apart from you, Mel. Um, the, <laughs> the the confession parts. Okay, that's a good part. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what the uh, what I was gonna like I, uh, where I was going with this <laughs> in the first place <laughs> was that, um, no, that's all right. Um, we go off on tangents. It's it's what we do. Um, having having poetry that changed him as a person changed his entire um the course of his life and he went off to study this you know in depth this one particular poet um it reminded me of i had like years and years ago now i there was a motivational speaker that we had into our workplace who's who told us about um, people who come into your life and um they term them as wizards like you know when gandalf comes in and redirects the course of Frodo's life or whatever so if someone comes into your life and and changes the way you think about one thing and then they might not even know that they did that for you but it's just changed who you are as a person and that I think for a lot of us probably um Misha is one of those people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah it could be anybody um so 
I think that um, Cass just reminded me in that moment of that. <laughs> yeah. I think, too, that, I mean, poetry is one of those things that I had to discover for myself because, you know, like, I uh, I was never taught it well, like, in grade school. You know, it was very boring. It was very, this is what it means. And then when you read it, you're like, da-da-da-da, end line. Da-da-da-da, end line. The boringest thing in yeah. the entire world. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I finally kind of discovered it for myself... It was all like, oh, it was like very specifically, I actually um, mentioned the poem in it. It's Loxley Hall because Loxley Hall by Alfred Lord Tennyson is, I don't know if either of you actually read it, but it's like hundreds of lines long. And the only part of it I had read before is this part where it's like, um, oh, you know, I looked into the future far as human I could see, saw the vision of the world and all the wonder that would be. And it's kind of like this little vision about how, you know, there might be wars or whatever, but then the kindly earth shall slumber lapped in universal law. And it was, it's like this very optimistic kind of looking to the future thing. Mm-hmm. And I and I had decided, oh, you know what, I want to look up the, the whole poem because I had just said it was an excerpt. And it's like this 200 line poem from the point of view of this young man. And it like kind of goes through these like ups and downs of life of him falling in love and then getting spurned and then being angry about it and like thinking about how life has done him dirty and like what happens after like the universal law thing is like, you know, like so my passion swept through me, you know, like before it left me dry, left me with a uh, like with a palsied heart and a jaundiced eye, you know, is is like yeah. talking about like this really like, like, you know, deep sad sack stuff you know but like when you're a teenager and you're reading that you're like well wait when did he write this now like what what in the 18 people wrote like that 1800s i thought like oh i thought victorians were like oh you can't you can't say that like you don't and it's just like i feel like it's just this lie that at least in my experience that you get taught in school that poetry is like this and then when you discover that poetry is actually like come like the most truthful like you get like really deep in there and you're not alone and you've kind of never been alone because it's like you know you listen to music that you like and you're like yes this is the times right but you Mm -hmm. read something that someone wrote like 200 years ago and you're like oh have people always felt this way it kind of makes you feel like a little less alone and it kind of bolsters you a a little bit and so it just makes sense for me that uh that dean's poetry could do that for someone an interesting realization to come to that um humans have just always been like this <laughs> like yeah <laughs> everyone there, there's always been passionate people all, all through history mm-hmm. and, um, anyway it's getting a bit deep now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say don't don't let all the smut fool you like this whole dean cast supernatural thing there's, there's some deep stuff in there somewhere yeah, we, we go down some. It's very. Pro- would you say? Would you say it's profound? <laughs> Indeed, it is profound. I've, I've heard that word around somewhere. Mm, terribly profound. This is just one of those things where I don't want to like overly spoil it because I mean the, the the story in its very very top line simplest form is very simple. Hidden poet Dean goes to college, meets Professor Cass. There you go wonderful go read um but it's so much more than that and i don't want to spoil what more it is i just want to send you to go and read it 
So, yes. so please just of, go read it. <laughs> I think uh, this fic has um, actually inspired, well, just from seeing people mentioning it on Twitter and stuff, um, inspired a lot of people to either read or write poetry afterwards as well. So well done. It's <laughs> spreading the good word. Yeah. When, once again, like super humbling, like really humbling when I read comments like that. Yeah, it makes me very happy. I'm happy for people. I'm happy for the world. There is a an entire fanfic inspired by this one as well, which I think is almost as long as this one is. <laughs> um, written by um, Sandwiches and Lana Sarah. So once you've read this one, you can go and read that one and get extra bang for your buck. So... <laughs> Yep, that one is 300cc by Lana Sarah and Spandwiches and it's Dean and Cass writing little poems to each other. It's gorgeous. I love it. And also, this was a pine fest, so there is art attached to this fic as well. So if you're a visual person that wants pictures along yes. with your Please. words, then like... you should go check that out as well. I love, Yeah, I'm just going to say, I love the texture of the art in this story oh it's beautiful they did such they did such an amazing job like that was definitely one of the first things i told them when they were sending me like pictures of the paintings they did i was like oh my god i can see the texture and it's so beautiful (laughs) it's so weird i'm like i want to reach out i want to touch it i want to stroke it i hate that it's on screen because i want to stroke it (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i don't you know i i don't know how they live their life but there are actual paintings out there somewhere um somewhere yep yeah, yeah, and they I'm sure they're beautiful. freaking gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> they even look beautiful on the screen, so they must be beautiful in real life. Yes, beautiful. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Always like to try and mention the artists as well if we can. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the second story that we're going to talk about today um, is called "The State of You" by Trenchcoat Baby. Um, this story is a little bit longer; it's just over a hundred thousand words. Um, and it was published back in 2018, so it's a little tiny bit older, but not by too much. Um, and this one um, is kind of the reverse. So actually, well, kind of the same. <laughs> I'm trying. We, we have we kind of have a a balance, I guess, throughout the podcast of ones where Dean is writing and ones where Cass is writing. We tried to have have a balance between the two, but we actually have both of our both of our Dean is writing ones up front, I think. So, mm-hmm. and the summary goes like this. Castiel Novak is a New York-based, no-nonsense book editor, avoiding his southern roots. Dean Winchester is a born and raised farmer and budding novelist with a terrible case of writer's block. When Dean finally admits that he needs help, Castiel is given a plane ticket and a mission. Help Dean with his deadline, by any means necessary. But what happens when Dean and Castiel are immediately enemies and immediately attracted to each other? Will they come together and learn from one another, or will adversity and circumstance keep them apart? Yes. Spoiler. Um, it gets together. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely an say. explicit fig. <laughs> they have lots of lovely, sexy times. <laughs> I loved that there was so much more to this fic than I thought there was going to be, though. Because, like, you know, it sounds like it could be quite a straightforward story, but then it, it actually ends up going into so much more than that. And I love it when it, they serve me up some extra plot. <laughs> So. Yeah, this was my first time reading it, and I was like, oh, everything is getting included, and this, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, Dean is a, uh, 
he's a I guess a science fiction writer. He's write, writes the Impala Chronicles, which is basically the same as Supernatural. <laughs> and he's got a lot of writer's block on his latest book because, it t- as it turns out, his main character is is actually bi, and he didn't realise until he started writing it. <laughs> and attracted to the other one of the other main characters, so it's paralleling Supernatural quite well there. And so Castiel is sent from his... Dean's editor is sent to Nashville to um, help him with his writer's block. So I just really, I love that this is also sort of an enemies to lovers type thing. Like when Casperts gets there, they have this meeting and they're just misunderstandings abound and they, they hate each other. They have a big fight like at the right at the start. Just First meeting, not great. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I thought that was really well done though, because I feel like sometimes like conflict is is a little bit you know like supernatural itself is guilty of this a lot like conflict for the sake of conflict but like i felt where dean and Cass were both coming from like their circumstances their reactions were like completely understandable you know especially once you get to know them better and so i felt that was like a very satisfying like meet ugly if you will (laughs) yeah yeah like the conclusions that they drew about each other were logical for the circumstance that they were in they were completely Mm -hmm. wrong but they were logical (laughs) so yeah exactly and they worked it out fairly quickly (laughs) yeah and got on with the business of falling in love Mm -mm, and it's so delicious (laughs) it is very hot fic has to be said <laughs> um i loved that um that cass has a bunch of um like writing exercises for dean to do <laughs> like making him write um especially the little note cards that he has that they become like a feature of the story all the way through uh have forcing him to write like 50 cards a day or whatever with just whatever comes to mind i thought that was really a beautiful kind of take Yes, and then lead lead in much later without any spoilers to probably one of the loveliest scenes in the story, which was quite beautifully done in the way that it was very, I guess, slowly led up to through the whole story by the note cards being kind of dribbled in throughout. Yeah. They're like so. check off snow cards. Yeah, check off snow cards. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I really liked those. And I, I, the whole idea of the writing exercises and the fact that Cass makes him do them was quite fun. Yes, <laughs> definitely. And it works. Like, he's he's so reluctant at first to actually be able to write anything, but then, you know, before it doesn't take long before it's all flowing. So um, I'm, I'm sort of filing them away for in my brain for next time I'm stuck. Sometimes, you know, as a writer, you just need someone to yell at you for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then you I can start writing again <laughs> even when they were kind of flirting or fucking or <laughs> all the things that were going on um even even then at that point at the, there was a certain line that cast drew who was like no i'm here for a reason and you are going to do these things <laughs> yeah like this is the reason that i am here you need help you are currently suffering from this you are undisciplined you need this <laughs> do this thing and Dean did do what he wanted him to do maybe not in quite the way that Cass was expecting him to do it but you know he fulfilled the the mission there there was a lot of angst in there too though for sure there was especially like getting near the end and the whole thing with um you know the publishing company 
um, shakeups happening at the publishing company and how that's affecting um, Dean's writing and that sort of stuff and Cass sort of caught in the middle. I thought, I thought that was very angsty and I was like reading it voraciously <laughs> to find yeah, out you can't, definitely can't how it was down, solved. Right? Yeah. 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 I thought there was actually quite a nice balance in this story between I was going backwards and forwards and not quite sure which one of them I wanted to shake the most at one point. It's just like, yeah, like you're both making me want to shake you and pick you up and bang your heads together at this point. Yep. Very in character for them. Yeah, really. Like, on point. Uh, all of that stuff with the publishing company, um, Trenchcoat Baby, actually, she mentions in her edits, in her author's note that she works in publishing. So I, I think that she's probably brought a lot of her personal experience into the editorial process, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I at least love the idea of like how, and this is like early on, so I don't feel this is a spoiler either. Like, Anna is his prime editor. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly what terms Trenchcoat Trenko baby used but uh when Anna was trying to convince Dean that he needed to meet with Cass it was all like you know no no I'm just kind of like your general editor you need like the type of editor that's going to kick your ass and he's like a <laughs> specialist and he's going to come there to you and he's going to make you write and I was all like oh my god I just love the idea of like a specialist editor coming and he like whips off his sunglasses like now the work can begin. <laughs> so I just want that I to be true. To get one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. How do we get exactly. Cassis, all of us. <laughs> yeah, cause, cause, Where's my editing angel? Yeah, that's right. Can someone come here? Like, you know, I, I'll take you to the beach. <laughs> I just need someone to make me do it, okay? <laughs> if they happen to be almost six foot dark haired, stubbly, grumpy looking trench coat. We'll take it. That's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need an editor dom. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just to take it to the gutter. Uh. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that for me I really enjoyed about this one was the setting of this one. Just because it, uh, it's yes. so well done that it yeah. felt very, very real. Like as somebody who like lives in the self it felt very familiar like the setting of it the whole thing like uh, the places that they went as they were walking around um where dean lived even like the farm and stuff it 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 felt like places i knew so it was very well done it's one of those like nicely immersive stories yeah i definitely wanted to go to their farm i was like oh i wish i could go there for real that sounds nice yeah and i love the fact that in this uh story Sam and Jess are together and they're living on this farm and Dean is still living with them <laughs> so it's kind of like it's there's no kind of sense of like that Dean is like this unwanted leftover kind of piece of piece of their lives like sometimes you in Destielfic you get this kind of thing where Dean is, is left behind a little bit and this was kind of the, the opposite of that, like that they have their own life growing on, but at no point did they want to kind of get rid of Dean or anything like that. Like, no, he was part of the family. He was there. They didn't. Yeah, I think sometimes <laughs> Dean feels like he, he might be intruding on their life a bit. But yeah. Not from but their you never side, really get no. the sense that, yeah, you never really get that from them at all, yeah. which it was, it was just very nice. It was like nice, nice family feels. <laughs> it's yes. very good. It's warm. So, yeah wouldn't mind having a dean to come and stay on my farm and cook for me anyway put it that way 
So. I mean, and here's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he can bring an editor. Who him. among us <laughs> would be strong enough to refuse? <laughs> I really liked, because this is the sort of thing I like to watch out for, um, all of the literary references. Yes. And uh, I and I was, was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, I was there with going, oh boy, um, because uh, you know, you might see a couple of these names pop up in my fic, also like John Dunn, and I was like, yes. oh, when he mentioned the flea, I was like, Ugh. the flea, yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's a, I was like, that's a poem with a capital P, um, and uh and i felt too and i don't and maybe you know ellen since you helped edit this um i felt from like the snakes in the grass i got mad teresius vibes you know greek mythology stuff i was just really feeling when those when those um references were made and then obviously you've got on the road which is obligatory i think when you're doing like supernatural because it is the og yep right yeah that's kripke's and then uh Sylvia Plath, of course. And I was like, oh, this cast loves poetry, too. <laughs> I was very happy. I absolutely Good. adored the fact that in this story, Cass met Chuck because he fell asleep on a bench reading Sylvia Plath. Oh, <laughs> I just, for some reason, gift. that just yeah. burrowed into my chest and I loved it. <laughs> I could picture it very well. Yeah. Well, I've got to say that um, someone who is not, I'm not a lit major like I didn't do English um, stuff at uni um, and I'm not very well read in the in the classic stuff like that um, especially not American literature um, but in with both this fic and yours um, Opal I didn't feel like it was over my head like you know it was very uh, everything was described in a way that that I identified with and understood so you know sometimes when you read like stuff about literature you feel like I I, well I do anyway feel like it's all like uh, I am not smart enough to understand any of this I don't know what's going on but no I think in in the few in the Destiel fix about sort of more literature that I've read I've been very pleased with how you know it doesn't feel like it's over um intellectualized I guess Yes, so and fanfic you. as a whole, I think, especially the, the ones that we're talking about today, does literary and cultural referencing very, very well, I think, yeah. much better than published fiction tends to. When you read published fiction, it tends to come across quite a lot that either the character or the author is just jerking off to their own literary knowledge while you're trying to read. Yeah. And with yes. fanfiction, it... <laughs> And yet somehow with fan fiction, it comes across so much more genuine. Yeah. Because, and I don't know if it's just because like they, the, there has to be genuine love behind it to, for, the, for them to be doing it. I, um, I think it's almost like, I, I think it, it's a little bit about like, oftentimes you know, when people are making published works and stuff, they're like, oh yes, pinnacle of my achievement, please, to the masses, enjoy. Whereas people who are writing fic are like, I want to share a story with my friends. And <laughs> yeah. I think that that has like a very different um, approach to how you how you write stuff. Yeah. yeah, And I think there's, it's almost like a different expectation. I know that I have stories, of, like I, I have a story where Cass is a writer. And in that story, there are certain references that I have put in there that I 100% don't expect everybody to get just because they are 
references that were just between me and my alpha and beta while I was writing it. And they were just things that we were joking about at the time or things that mattered to me at the time. So they're, they're very kind of almost meta within the fic itself. Yeah. And yet there are people that get them. <laughs> there are people that, that comment and get them. So And, you know, that they can genuinely be recognized by other people. And I also think that that speaks to the fact that, like, fanfic writers and readers, we read things on a slightly different level, I think, sometimes. Because we're used to looking for meta in things all the time, even when we're not conscious of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah. a lot of the time... I mean, it's different if we're just reading, like, a little kind of, like, you know, porn without plot, like, couple K. Like, we're, we're probably not thinking about it so much in, in that sense. Um, but I do think that sometimes when we dig into, like, a larger fic and we know that it's it's a piece with kind of certain themes or whatever we look at it so much more than we would otherwise and we do pick up on things yeah. fanfic writers and readers are smart yeah and i, th- I think it kind of goes along the fact so like what's one of our hobbies reading fanfic mm-hmm. like if you think about the great array of hobbies available to us in this world <laughs> my hobby is reading but my hobby i also have a subset hobby which is specifically reading more reading (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) so it's like I feel like people who read fanfic probably just like also read a lot you know yeah yeah it it just makes you better at picking things up and I think a lot of us too are like supernatural scholars at this point and if any show (laughs) is like the the king of making random references I mean well it's really Dean is the king of making random references but you know. Yes. I think it kind of comes with the package, at least in Supernatural fic. Without spoiling any of the actual plot, <laughs> um, it's it, it's Cass making, like, the, the main angst comes from Cass making a deal to save Dean without Dean understanding the particulars of it, which is extremely canon, I, I felt. I thought that oh. was really, it was perfectly done because Cass does that all the time. I mean, I... Dean does it too, like for, he does it for Sam. I think he probably does it for Cass as well. You know, they're always making, de- they're doing things to save the others without the other person knowing. And yeah, I thought it was perfectly done in this one. I also think it's interesting how, and I don't want to speak too specifically because of spoilers, but you can almost tell sometimes about when a fic was written based on how the characters are in the story because there's a certain character uh, in this story who changed a lot over the course of the show. (laughs) And so it was interesting Mm -hmm. reading about them in... uh, Are you talking about Chuck? Yeah, I'm talking (laughs) about Chuck. Yeah. All right. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Chuck is in it. All right. Yeah. So basically, I feel like how Chuck is treated in this story. It would probably be different or would there even be a different character in that role if it were written like season 15 yeah, maybe, or something. Yeah. I think that's really interesting always. Yeah, there are a lot of um, fics now when you, where you go back and I mean, there's more than, more than one characterization like that really where you can kind of see changes as time goes on but chuck is definitely a big one <laughs> we can yeah yeah can, can yeah. see him because he, he's his is a more recent change for sure yeah 
But but she did bring back one of the OGs because I feel like Anna used to show up and fix constantly all the time. Like even because yeah, I joined fandom between seasons now. eight and nine, mm-hmm. yeah, and she would show up constantly, especially as one of Cass's friends, as you know, someone who was Cass's friend. Um, but there are just so many more characters introduced over the years that she's kind of fallen out of favor. So for a 2018 fic to have her, I think is really cool. Just kind of taking her off the shelf, dusting her off a bit, works well. <laughs> yeah, she often shows up as as uh, Cass's sister. Like these mm-hmm. days. I had great fun reading it. This one, this is one of my favorite fics of, of TCBs, so I want everyone should go and read it for sure. Go ahead. Okay, so moving on to the third fic that we're going to talk about um, is called Cabin by the Lake, and it's by CB Firestarter. And this one's a little older again. It was published back in 2017. It's 49,000 words long, and it's also explicit. And the summary goes... Dean Winchester has been leasing out his extra cabin up by Moosehead Lake in Maine for many years now. He's grown accustomed to the rhythm and predictability of life in the quiet forests of northern Maine. Something always felt missing, though, and heartache from lost love had pushed Dean to lock himself away. When he suddenly meets the blue-eyed writer who is the first tenant of the season, things in Dean's life get turned upside down, and maybe he is willing to take a chance again, even if it might mean getting hurt. So this is another story with beautiful setting. Um, yes. A lake in Maine. Yeah, it kind of, the, the fic itself kind of takes place, just kind of starts off during a vacation, but then takes place over sort of a few months after that. So yeah. So yeah. Cass goes and rents out a cabin for a couple of weeks to write more of his book. So he, so this is the one where Cass is the writer. And um, one thing leads to another. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing leads to another, indeed. Yes. I think they get this is one where they get stuck inside during a storm, and there's some, you know, hurt comfort going on in this one. There's a lot of different um, tropes that she's pulled into this one to make it. Yes, there are a lot of very juicy tropes in this one. Like if you're somebody yeah. that enjoys tropey fic, which now and again, like just a good juicy tropey fic is just comforting i feel like tropes are comfort up to yeah, a certain point definitely. i mean and, uh, it's mm, it's a sign of a well-built story if you know how to use yeah. your tropes and this story definitely yes. does this and this that's why i think this fic just felt like a big like fluffy comfort blanket to me because it was one of those things like we know like we can read the tags we know why we're reading we know they're eventually going to end up together it's got a happy ending tagged (laughs) so we we know what we're heading for but we just want to see how they get there (laughs) and this Uh, this one's definitely like a big warm hug i feel like i read this one for comfort (laughs) and like you said the setting as well just made it feel even more like comfy cozy just ah it was so nice with with the cabins and the horse riding and the blankets and the just everything (laughs) can i say what the horse is yes i hope this is not too big a spoiler but one of the horses is alistair and i cannot tell you how much that delighted me (laughs) like like i I hadn't read this fic before like now either so i was just i am still tickled by the fact that one of the horses is alistair Yeah, I think I was like I was like I literally Alistair. Alistair has been so many things in so many different fics, but I've never seen him as a horse. 
and and I just think the way that Dean interacts with him and all of that stuff was just really fantastic. So it was probably my favorite detail in the story. Yes. Yep. Yes, CB <laughs> is a, a horse mum, so she's got the, the details of horse riding and all that stuff down really well. So, um, yeah, if you if you like her horsey stuff, then go and read her other fic called War Wounds, which is uh, it's a BDSM fic. She, she and trench coat baby over we spoke to them before about some of their fix but they write some great other stuff together but no this particular one is all fluff and all um you know just warm comfort definitely yes mm-hmm. i thought it was interesting too that Cass was i mean even though he's writing something personal in the fic he his day job is writing for television yeah. And I don't think like in all of and honestly, because I was thinking as you know, as we were leading up to this podcast, like how many fix have I actually read where either of them as a writer? And I couldn't think of too many. Um, and I don't I couldn't think of any other ones where one of them was a television writer. I mean, there must be some out there. It's supernatural. But um, yeah, I thought that was like, really I... cool to have like that different vibe as what type of writer Cass was. Yeah, because I couldn't think of another off, just off the top of my head where that's the particular type of writer that either of them are. But mm-hmm. it was a very cool parallel to, to have that, especially with obviously the type of show that he was writing was obviously a kind of little bit of an homage to Supernatural, which was pretty awesome. So, yeah. Oh, definitely. What, one of my favorite things with all of these stories and any kind of story where not even if they're writing it just if it's if it's something that exists within the world of that story is what writers do with supernatural in their stories what the what they they change the title to or what they kind of change it up to the character in the setting they yeah yeah, they might make it like science fiction or something else that just change something about it that makes sure that it's recognizable to us and just the amount of different names that the show has had i find very entertaining (laughs) yep I think if I remember correctly, it's um, called Travelers in this one, the show that he writes Oh, yeah, for. it's a time travel. Yeah. She's turned yeah. it into a time travel show. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to know more about it now. <laughs> yeah, like, <but> as, <laughs> it's like little tidbits that we were getting here and there with, like, the characters and who he people were, like, shipping together and, like, who Cass had to get together and then who they were going to, who had been killed off that people were complaining about and stuff like that. And Dean having Just, a bit of a thing. needed to know more. Asking him all the questions about it. <laughs> yeah what are you gonna do with so and so and Cass is all like well I can't say but don't miss this episode (laughs) (laughs) and it very much for me had the vibes of like in um, the episode monster at the end of the book where Cass is all like just so you understand why I can't help (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah so I guess this is like they both feel like it's just a, a holiday fling, like while Cass is there. But um, and the misunderstanding is that 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 neither of them is really, you know, into it that much. Um, that they want to keep going afterwards. But of course, neither of them can live without the other one in their lives afterwards. So yeah, one of my favorite things about this kind of leads on from that actually, in that in the end to have a happy ending in this, one of my favorite things was that um, there was kind of a, a genuine compromise that they came to, which wasn't wholly just about them. Yeah. <laughs> it was something that kind of benefited their lives outside of outside of that and was a 
a good thing for Dean as well individually and, and it worked for Cass and wasn't just one of them having to give up everything to go to where the other was or yeah. vice versa because yeah. um, you know sometimes you know sometimes that happens in life as well as in fic and that's fair enough but it, it's much more satisfying for me to read personally where there is some kind of genuine compromise and it's not one of them having to give up everything so yeah. I think that's one of the things that I really like about what I like uh, when I see with Dean and Cass is that meeting each other helps them grow as people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they they become more themselves instead of less themselves. They change and each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Change me, Dean. <laughs> It's funny though, right? Because if you look at them on a short-term time scale, they argue a lot and they just drive each other up the wall, and they're constantly grumpy and they're snipping at each other and all the rest of it. And, and just seeing them in like you know a slice in a moment of time, you could be easily convinced that these two are a terrible idea to be friends, let alone anything else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then if you look at them on a much longer-term time scale. You realize that they're actually very good for each other. Um, it's just you need to sometimes you need to take a step back to see that. <laughs> yeah, because you have to be able to see you know how much they've grown and how much they've helped each other and, and all the rest of it. But sometimes if you're a little bit too close, I feel like you wouldn't see that <laughs> immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the other thing this fic does for me is make me really hungry. Because yes. they eat pie a lot. And they... <laughs> they eat. <Yeah. laughs> they eat a lot of good food in this story, too. Yeah, they and Cass is other. a cook in this one. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I can't remember exactly what he cooks anymore. Is it like spaghetti or something? Like pasta? <laughs> like all sorts yeah, of... Yeah, I think the first the first date they have at his cabin, or not date, or whatever it is that they, <laughs> that they first have at his cabin. It's just dinner. Spaghetti. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, just dinner. Um it sounded so good. <laughs> it was just spaghetti, but I was like, maybe I'll make spaghetti for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> like, this is making me crave some pie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's just a natural danger whenever you talk about supernatural, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to end up wanting pie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't. There's not that. Like, he talks about pie all the time, but there's only probably a handful of episodes where he actually eats pie right like you don't see him eating it <laughs> there is more often. pie in fanfic than there is in the show <laughs> yeah they cheated us out of pie they tempted us with pie but didn't didn't deliver in yeah, the show they just right. mention it and don't actually deliver on the pie that often <laughs> it's one of those things that kept us watching will dean ever get the pie <laughs> yeah yeah and that demon in season 14 or whenever it was actually bought him pie <laughs> it was like okay i guess i'll eat it yeah. nom, nom, nom. <laughs> uh, i do want to just give a shout out to the little literary references because i feel <laughs> like there's a theme <laughs> everybody's mentioned in poetry and i was like this is on brand um, yeah. um so there's a bit of walt whitman and a bit of robert frost and i you know, you're in New England, you're going to have to name check Robert Frost at least once, right? Uh-huh. So, um, and ju- just for people who are planning to read, as they should, or have already read, um, I looked it up for you, which poems were quoted, and for Walt Whitman, it was Song of Myself, which is a most excellent poem, and I highly recommend it. 
And the Frost poem quoted was A Servant to Servants, which I had never read before. Um, and it's not my style, but it's definitely that sort of um, kind of down-home New England stuff, because Frost was a farmer for a while, and that sort of thing. So I thought it, they were both very fitting, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Very good for the setting that they're in. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's something really lovely about cause we love our banter in fix because they do it so much in the show and we see it a lot between Dean and Sam and it's lovely when Dean and Cass start to get to the stage where you start to see it between Dean and Cass as well yeah. um, and it's especially lovely that in all of these fics we have it to the point where we're starting to get literary banter between them <laughs> I'm just like yes <laughs> ah, literary boner let's do it okay yes. <laughs> Yeah, we all know uh, that Dean okay. is secretly a, a smart cookie. I think he knows this stuff. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. One of my favorite, you know, just like in the show, one of the things that he comes out with that, you know, every now and then he'll make a reference and then Sam will look at him and he'll be like, I read. I think one of my favorite yeah. one was like Aesop's Fables. And I'm like, oh, Dean, <laughs> you read Aesop's Fables enough to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. He just reads everything and I adore that about him. Yeah, or he, like, watches enough random TV that he can pick it up, <laughs> pick up the references. A lot yeah. of motel rooms. Yeah. Yeah, see, I love the idea that Dean is just one of those people that just absorbs everything. Yeah. And, like, yes, yeah. he oh, has yeah. his very clear preferences. So, yes, he loves his classic rock. He loves his, you know, mid-century dystopian literature. He loves his, like, his very specific things. But he clearly absorbs things on a much larger level than that as we can tell by his singing of Taylor Swift and goodness knows what else. Like, he clearly <laughs> absorbs things on, like, yeah, like he knows a Lady, I'm Tolstoy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why them as writers works so well. Because yeah. they know this stuff. Yep. They do, they do know this stuff. Well, Cass doesn't know this stuff until he does in the show yes yeah, that, like that's true <laughs> see i love that we can write casts like two ways like that because you can write him not knowing anything or you can know him actually having this like huge memory bank of <laughs> information and it works either way because both are true to canon actually yeah, yeah. so but i did find it entertaining in canon that even though he technically had that kind of memory dump of stuff it was like he could never be bothered to use it <laughs> it's just like um, yeah. no. or if he, if he did he didn't really understand the relevance of it it was just like yeah um, it's like don't give me this stuff without the context how is that useful what are you talking about a fictional <laughs> battle station for like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah no he actually knew what it was it's like you can give me all the context in the world i'm still never going to understand dean is what that came down to <laughs> <laughs> all right we better keep going yes so we have one more where Cass is a writer coming up next. Da, 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 da. So we did two Deans, two Casses. We did deliver it evenly. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the final, um, the the main kind of longer stories that we're going to talk about um, is called The Ocean Between Us by Nox Soulmate. This is a shorter one. It's just over 27,000 words. Um, it was written, um, this is another Pine Fest actually. The writers are piney, apparently. Yeah. Um, this was done in 2017. Um, and uh, this is this has some very interesting tropes in it, which you don't see a lot in Dusty fanfic. So I was very interested to read this one. <laughs> um, the summary for this one 
goes like this. Living a hermit life, Dean Winchester didn't need much. The only things important to him were his position in the business that was once owned by his family, his boat, and his friendship with Castiel, Charlotte, Charlie, and Gabriel. If only there wasn't a whole ocean between them, then maybe he could give his feelings for Castiel a chance. Yes. So. <laughs> you rarely, like, Ellen, you must have loved this, because, like, you rarely read supernatural things oh. that take place in Australia. I, I very strongly identified with Dean <laughs> he is in Melbourne um, and all, obviously all of his friends are in San Francisco. So I identify with not being able to be there with people when they do things. And um, it's, it's a difficult feeling. <laughs> I've been trying to get there. I have stupid pandemic. <laughs> You've been trying. I don't know. We've we've managed to maintain a friendship for quite a few years now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> even, but... even with <laughs> even with fourteen hours between us, so we've we've managed. But uh, it's very relatable with, it, with, with this whole <laughs> online friendship thing that they have going on. Yeah, it's, it it's is very relatable. But I did love that they had the the thing that they're doing in their little uh, friend group with Charlie and Gabe um, is that they've got an on like they've got Moon Door and then they've got this online and then an, a LARP component in the actual in real life which I think is um really interesting model for a like a, I don't know to meet up with people that you play online with and do a fun game in real life it, it's just such a brilliant idea I love it <laughs> I love that you can earn points for like your online avatar by LARPing yeah it's like the points like all count toward each other and I was like that system must be so complicated. But yeah. So <laughs> I don't know how that would yeah. work. Like, I life, would but... love to do that. Like, as long as someone else could work out the system and the math. Be like, <laughs> could, I, could I do that, please? That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> the, other, the other thing I think might be a little bit weird with it is that a lot of gamers are very, um, you know, introverted. So I don't know how many of them would actually turn up for an in-person LARPing thing. <laughs> but, you know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, it's working for them in this in this story because, you know, they're they're going to be, you know, making a business out of it. So, yeah, great concept. Yeah, I wonder how many of them went the other way. Like, they were LARPers that then started playing online in between their LARPing yeah, sessions. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder that if that went boring. the other way because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say coaxing, coaxing people online is probably hard, like, easier than coaxing people offline. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Oh yeah, interesting thing about this story is that um, that baby is a boat. Like he, yeah, he has baby in the marina, like near his house in Melbourne. I actually really liked that, just because of the way it was done. Like immediately when someone says, "Oh, baby's a boat," like something in me recoils initially. I'm like, "That's not right. <laughs> baby is supposed to be a car." But actually, like when you read it, like the care that he takes for the boat and the like the relationship that he has with the boat almost is clearly the same <laughs> as he has with baby the car like it works yeah. very well in, to the point where you know he will spend nights sleeping on the boat and he will like it's it's clearly a home even yeah to the point where yeah he has an apartment but why he clearly sleeps on the boat most of the time <laughs> yeah he has clothes on there it, and it's, <laughs> things books it's kind of funny if you think about it how the impala in that way is like a character in supernatural and just like mm -hmm. all the other characters 
has to be in character, but it's okay if they're transformed some because it's fic. And I think yes. you're right. I think they did a really good job of transforming Baby, but it's still having the essence of Baby. Yeah, so it's transformed, but definitely still in character. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if it's big enough a boat for him to be able to sail across the sea on it, then I'm like, why does he live in this shitty little apartment? <laughs> he must be loaded. <laughs> like, just, just let <laughs> the apartment go, dude. <laughs> yeah, just go and live on the boat. You can. It must be a pretty big boat. No, I was just saying it was it was it was fun. Like it was nice seeing like this different version of baby because that's not something we see a lot. So yeah, yeah, I liked the progression of his like. Obviously, he and Cass have feelings for each other at the start that uh, each of them, you know, need their heads knocked together. They don't (laughs) think that the other one is feeling the same way. But um, the progression of their relationship is really satisfying in this. Like, they start sort of – they talk all the time anyway, but then they start sort of falling asleep with their computers running and, you know, it's sweet. That is pretty cute. Like, when they (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> when Dean like takes the the laptop and like takes it to bed, and puts it on his pillow, I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's cute right there. That's cute, Dean. <laughs> yeah, it was cool to read. Um, like it, you kind of realize like the other fix that we've talked about, they meet, we see them meeting more or less. But this one, it's kind of like they have an established friendship. Yep. And and so there there was definitely a different kind of progression in their relationship and then the other fix and that was yeah that was really fun to read i i liked the representation of their friendship in this one because i think for almost anybody who writes fanfic at least that might not be as common for people who write outside of the fanfic world i guess depending on what their online presence is like but it was really interesting to see cass's relationship with his writing like through Dean and the way he would sort out his like issues with his writing and his writer's block by talking about it with his friends and they would be like sent drafts of stuff and he would stress about it with them basically yeah. <laughs> I was like oh we've all been there yeah that was very relatable <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then later he can work through his um frustration with his book by you know, getting it on with Dean online on over the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was quite fun. Like, do we think this character is a top or a bottom? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah. I also like that um, what he writes is ghost facers. Because <laughs> oh, it's like yeah. usually, you know, it's usually like, oh, it's like some version of Supernatural. And this is like Supernatural mm-hmm. a little bit to the left. It's Ghost faces. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love the ghost faces. I wish we'd had more of them. Yeah, I'm me too. endlessly entertained by the fact that they lived longer than almost anyone else in the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for all we know, they're still alive, man. Like... Right. Like, they, they <laughs> might have outlived everybody, for all we know. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. Why am I now picturing like Sam's funeral and they're like the only people there? No, oh, <laughs> that's oh not. God. <laughs> the blurry oh. wife in the background. <laughs> Just the blurry wife and the ghost faces. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god. 
dear. We've really been damaged by this finale, haven't we? <laughs> We've been damaged by this finale, yes. But the, but the way oh. that it kept getting uh, it kept getting mentioned in this fic about how Cass is supposed to end ghost facers. They're like, oh, you could kill one or both of them. You could kill one yeah. or both of them. And I kept be like, oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and he was reluctant to write a happy ending for them because he didn't think that he would get one which i think is kind of sad uh, but it was so sad yeah yeah in that, the end. that was quite sad that part but uh, but i guess it's okay mild spoiler but they do actually get together in person at the end of this so there is there is an element of um you know them being together in the end which is lovely it's a really heartwarming ending to that and the art when is around that time and I thought the art was so pretty oh yeah the colors so in it. I really liked that as who's well. the artist for this one um made of stardusts which is a lovely name yeah yeah mm-hmm. I love Pinefest for this reason <laughs> it's so one much the, extra uh, lovely artwork one of the other lovely things that I liked about this fic is that we had a little dose of uh I mean, they, they mostly kind of work out for themselves, but at the same time, we had a little dose of like interfering Charlie in here at one point. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, she really did. Although hit it's, heads although it's, yeah, although it's it's questionable. Her, her methods are definitely questionable, yeah. <laughs> but but very well intended. And uh, you do wonder, like, the stress that she was under, having sat on this for like years by that point. <laughs> yep. Girls got a breaking point, all right. <laughs> right. It's like they they fight they definitely finally hit it. <laughs> I I think, you know, as kind of like the yeah, like the angsty side of that though was like I thought this fic did a good job of you know, when you're so far away from someone and your primary relationship with them is just via like technology or whatever, like going through the way that one person can exert control over we're gonna talk or we're not gonna talk. And that sort of thing, and the way that you worry, and all that kind of stuff. I thought that felt yep. it was very angsty and yeah. felt real. Yeah, and there was there's definitely kind of an a, a little bit of an element of something that felt almost canon there, where if they had an issue, one of them would just well, at one point, Cass used to literally just flap off and leave. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, just like, like, I'm not doing this right now. Bye. Yeah, you can <laughs> just, just switch off away. and not answer your phone yeah. for like two days and make everyone upset about it. <laughs> yeah, and they're quite good yeah. at that in canon. So, uh... yeah. yeah. Yeah, another thing that this one, as well as uh, at least one other in our list today is um, having Zachariah as a bad guy. He's such a great bad guy. Yeah. I, I oh, love him right. as a bad guy. It's so evil. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the ones that I really, like, love to hate. <laughs> yeah. Because I've, I've got nothing against, like, like, the actor or anything like that. He's just one of those characters that's just a really enjoyable villain, I feel like. I, th- I think it's almost a compliment to the actor. Like, yeah, I think yeah. Kurt, Kurt Fuller is amazing. He's, like, he's the perfect bit of smarmy but like still powerful like you believe that he can back up what he is saying to you and like i honestly you know one of my favorite lines like in the whole show is like in it's a terrible life and it's zachariah says it and something because he's trying to convince dean you know to play his part in the plan and whatever 
And he says something all like, most people go through life without moving anything more than the dirt it takes to bury them. And mm-hmm. it's something like that. And it's just like, oh, that hits so hard. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Zacharias said it, you know? Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's yeah. an amazing character to use in fic, for sure. Yeah, I guess he's yeah. usually used in a, um, if, you, if you're not writing, if you're writing AU, in like an office setting, I guess, when he's the boss, like riffing off Definitely. that uh, terrible life yeah. episode. But Yeah, or sometimes as a, see him as a, an unpleasant relative. Seen him as um, Cass's dad a few times, like as an yeah. yeah. unpleasant yeah. dad. Read something yeah. earlier today where he was unpleasant dad. Yep. So. Actually, I read something earlier today where he was a good dad, which was interesting. A it was an interesting dad. twist. I read him as good dad, Zachariah, earlier, which was interesting. That, I think, oh, I've read Tor, I don't know if you've read Tor Valen. He's like a, he's like Cass's dad. I have dad. read that. Oh, it was years ago. Yeah. And he was like, an, yeah. he was, he was a good dad in that one, which is interesting. Hmm. Didn't read the, didn't read the whole of that earlier today. But, but, um. <laughs> that would be impressive if you had. That's like three hundred thousand words. Yeah, that's one of the ones like, that's that a I, big old chunk. I've been meaning to read forever, and it just I just look at it and go, oh, it's so so long. Oh, you still haven't read it? No, I, read I haven't. I haven't well, I've okay. been I've been trying to get through um, down to Agincourt. Yeah. And every time I try starting the next part of it i just go oh god it's just so long <laughs> it's just so much it's overwhelming <laughs> but anyway i'll Such get a there commitment. i'll get there it's intimidating mm. yeah. uh we've got a few more fix to mention um yes um so the next one then that i'm going to introduce is a short fic just under four thousand words by little flirt which is called what's another word for you um, this is an older one now, 2016, and the summary is simply, when Castiel offers to protect Dean from his adoring fans by going with him to a convention, he intended to act as an unofficial bodyguard, but Dean misinterprets his offer in the best kind of way. So obviously from that summary, there, there could be multiple things going on there, um, but yes, in this one, Dean is a writer, Cass is his editor, um, they're, they're friends, they've been friends for for years ever since um dean started working with Cass, um and they do have kind of a, a fake relationship kind of deal going on for this convention which was somewhat unintended that wasn't necessarily what Cass meant to offer but it's what dean took anyway <laughs> yeah and then it turns out that he really did want that <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a cute thing so it is oh, it is very cute and so i i love good. the fact that i love the fact that uh Dean has a habit of just calling Cass in the middle of the night to be like, what's another word for this? As if thesauruses don't exist. As if Google is not a thing. <laughs> like, yeah, I love how Cass is like, the asshole was on his computer. He could hear him typing the keys. <laughs> I just wanted to hear his voice. Yeah. Aww. Turns, it turns it out that's very much the case. <laughs> But I like the fact that every time it's like Cass can't stop himself from from answering. Yeah. <laughs> so, like Dean will be like, "What's another word for this?" and he'll just automatically start listing words like, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it's it's such a good way to add history without spelling it out. It's like it's a short fake. Like, how do you create depth in their relationship? And I thought that was such a good way to do it because it's like you you get the sense of all like yes this happens a lot 
and it's <laughs> yeah. beautiful. And uh, and you know, like you were talking earlier, about, I was like, ooh, they can have like banter with like literary stuff. And I'm sitting here like on this one. Similarly, I'm all like, oh, they're bantering with synonyms. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like oh, wordplay. Oh, <laughs> I was like, this would win me over, no doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So this one is 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 like I said, very short. It's you know just. 3,800 words-ish, I think. Um, but very sweet. Definitely worth the read. Um, so there is like a brief fake relationship um, kind of vibe going on that I don't think they're particularly fooling anybody, even themselves, for very long. <laughs> but it's, Can't it's get much very of a fake cute, relationship so. into 4,000 words. <laughs> I mean, they try, and it, it, it kind of works, but yeah. <laughs> I think it was... Also, Dean, well, I'll just I'll say that Dean's a horror writer. Oh, yeah. You know, just to say, yes. like, all the different flavors of writer we've been getting, he's a horror writer in this one. I like it. That's cool. Yeah, we've not we've not doubled up on anything yet, I don't think. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Well, I just want to mention also another one where Cass is a writer. So um, The Complete Works of Emmanuel Allen um, by V. Lu is... Um, it's similar kind of premise to And This Your Living Kiss in that um, Dean is a fan of Cass's writing, but he doesn't know that Cass is Emmanuel Allen. So it's sort of like that not quite two-person love triangle thing again where a like fake identity kind of thing, pen name identity, I guess. Um, and it's in a very different setting. So um, Cass comes to hazelnut valley to do some writing to live there he's running away from his old life um, where it was very heavily controlled by his family and it's just a really beautiful um kind of almost a gentle kind of story about dean sort of coming to terms with home and what that means and um, he's got a lot of his friends around him like we've got charlie and ash and joe and ellen and everyone's there um and oh it's one of my favorites i love it it's like it's only fifty six thousand, so it's not super long but um has a really lovely relationship between the two of them um that starts fairly early um a long way before um cass uh, dean actually finds out who cass is um and in that one it's uh actually a series of books that is about um jody and donna i think it's called oh, cool. um sheriff's hunting evil is the name of the series and oh yeah um there's she she she, yeah yeah, i remember that now yeah (laughs) so there's a big fandom around it and everyone uh all of the friends there actually are fans of this um book series that and dean isn't even really aware of that at the start but he is like right into it like he's got the fanfic he's got this the art he's been drawing some art for them he's got the tattoo of the anti-possession symbol and when Cass discovers all this he's like really embarrassed because you know, it's his work, but he can't tell anyone about it. And it's it's gorgeous. Just, yeah, go and read it. It's really cool. I love that one. Are we going to mention Russian to the altar? No. Yeah, no, yeah, we're not. Well, no, I was, was going to say, <laughs> Mal's not going to want us to talk about that, but I feel like if you're listening to this podcast and you to. haven't, and you haven't read Russian to the altar, what are you doing with your life? Please read it. It's so good. I love it very, very much. And I was actually, I don't always read uh, works in progress, but that was one of the ones that I was anxiously refreshing 
um, to read. And I would, yeah, definitely highly recommend it to anybody. Absolutely. So that's also one way Cass is the author. Um, He he, uh, moves, he's from Russia. He moves to America to um, sort of get away from prosecution, I guess, because he's a gay, openly gay erotica novelist. Um, And marries Dean uh, in like a fake relationship type thing to be able to move to America. And not only is he a Russian uh, erotica novelist, he's also a yoga practicing dom erotic novelist. And it's just everything that I love in (laughs) in a story about, you know, writers, which is great. It's got lots of beautiful, beautiful tropes uh-huh. and uh-huh. written deliciously well. Neat. So definitely. Okay, you can come out from behind the kitchen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Oh, a shout! I gotta give a shout out to the Profound Bond Book Club who are currently reading. Oh yeah, they are too. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh. yeah so thank you everybody Yay. i'm very glad that this is a podcast and nothing else because i'm like bright pink right now <laughs> <laughs> you could fry eggs story. on my face okay right. um, i have right, one more story to talk about yeah <laughs> that's okay. not mine Go on. <laughs> um one more short one because i felt like we have a, a lot of very you know kind of heavy or, or highbrow stories with lots of, of meat and plot and everything going on. So I thought, just for fun, we needed to include um, a story just under 7,000 words called A Literary Seduction by Daydream Destiel. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a fun story where Cass writes erotica. Dean is a landscaper, I believe would be his official title. Basically, he yeah. comes along to fix Cass's garden. <laughs> yep. um, gets a bit of an eyeful of what Cass, the, the hot house owner, is doing um, and uses that to his own advantage. <laughs> um, so the summary for this one is simply um, to Dean Winchester, Cass Novak was just a name on a worksheet along with a bunch of dra- landscaping instructions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Until this morning, until the front door opened and Dean was met with brilliant blue eyes, stubble for days, and a lean body he couldn't help lusting over. And that was all before Cass even said a damn word. But that didn't matter. Dean was a professional. All right, fine. Maybe a little light flirting wouldn't hurt. Could he really be blamed when when every remotely suggestive comment made Cass trip over his words awkward and adorable? I am a fan of the trope. (laughs) As we may have just (laughs) covered. I am a fan of the trope of Cass being able to be very objective and write this like filthy eroska but then when like faced with someone like <laughs> saying something like genuine to his face not being quite so good at it yeah <laughs> and uh this uh this particular fic does this very well it is like a little i'm gonna call it a pawn with plot fit not a pawn without because it's, it's definitely got a little little plot going in um but it's hot it has some some really really nice art in it i was gonna say shout out to the Uh, artist (laughs) yes so i really want to say this is acery art just looking at it but i can't find the name where is it um yeah it's acery it is it is yeah yeah it is there we go oh there you go i'm proud of myself now i got that right (laughs) Uh, so this was by the looks of it um a dean cast reverse bang from last year so from 2020 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's very pretty. This this art is beautiful. If you're a fan of Dean in lace, just just go and take a look. You, you won't regret it. <laughs> yeah, I've got to say, just the light flirting sort of escalates very quickly into. Oh yes. Yeah, you know, bending over on purpose <laughs> and <laughs> all that kind of thing. Yeah. This fic he, knows what people are here for. Yeah, he knows what he wants <laughs> and he's going to get it. <laughs> yes. You know what has shown up in like almost every fic we've talked about today is the panty kink. Yeah. Like in it? almost it's every just, fic. It's stupid. It's in there. I mean, it's canon, so. <laughs> it is. It is canon. We just did an episode My about it. <laughs> A few weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we said there's Well, a- I think you mentioned in the episode too, they're like, it's not always, you know, it's not always tagged. It just shows up everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. It does. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that, like sometimes I almost forget that it's canon. Because <laughs> I'm just like, wow, we really use this a lot. And then, and then every now and again, I'm just like, oh, oh no, that's a thing that was real. Yeah. It was only <laughs> mentioned one time in that one episode. I mean, we didn't need that any more than once. Like, no, we just <laughs> we took that and ran with it. That was enough. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. They chose to write it. They chose to film it. Bless Jensen for acting it. It was beautiful. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> Some of the greatest blessings that we got were just single episodes or one lines. And that was all we needed. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the tag on this fic, which is just a very simple. Also, there's hot, hot boning. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) i'm like yes this fic they also wrote it knows what it's delivering they also wrote what else do you want (laughs) exactly nothing nothing it was it was very satisfying thank you (laughs) (laughs) we appreciate your service thank you (laughs) this one is is lovely it has to be said so we had to had to have a variety in there can't can't keep everything to be highbrow and literary I mean, and technically Cass is still a writer, so all words count. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, so. I just wanted to give a shout out one more. Um, is a new one of um, Castiel's Lost Wings called Therefore We Live. And it mm. it's not, they're not writers. So one of them, like Cass is a politician and Dean is like, um, when I say his bodyguard, is that right? Yes. I, I have not actually yep. read this yet, and I I feel terrible because I feel like I should have by now. But um, there is yeah, uh, it's it's done posting now. So yep, it's all complete. Mm-hmm. So um, Cass actually writes poetry in this one, and so a bunch of the poems are in there, and they were written by um, our friend Anupalia, um, and they are gorgeous. I've seen a few of them already, so um, definitely if you're into poetry, go and give that one a, a read too. It's only 36,000 words, so not too long of one. Yes. If you're into poetry, hot sex, and shenanigans, then it's a great fic for you. Go try Mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. Wings is the best Mm -hmm. at that. Hot sex and shenanigans. Yeah. That needs to be a tag for something. (laughs) I was going to say, where's the tag? (laughs) (laughs) Any, Any more that we wanted to shout out? All right. Well, I'm going to give very brief one-line shout-outs then to stories such as um, Go Down With The Ship by Porcupine Girl, um, which is um, a story where Cass is a writer and 
Dean and Cass both also write fanfic, and that is how they meet online. Oh, um, I have read that did, one. Yeah. We talked about this one in yeah. another episode, right? It was in yeah, because it's also a two-person two love, person love triangle. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So we covered that one in depth on that. Um, it's one of my favorite fics ever, so I will yeah. mention that one anytime I get a chance, really. Um, another <laughs> one of my favorite fics ever, which I'll mention anytime I'll get a chance, um, is by Welvin Wings, and it's called Checked Out, um, which is a story. Well, in that one, Dean is the writer and Cass is a librarian. There's a lot of miscommunication in their fic, um, but it all works out in the end. <laughs> yep. There's such a glut of wonderful fic in this fandom. Absolutely. You know. And if you enjoy the, the fanfic writer's trope um, that comes up in Go Down With The Ship by Porcupine Girl, then you should definitely check out um, Write First Then Read by Mittenwraith, where they are also both fanfic writers that then end up inadvertently being colleagues as well. So that's... Goodness. Uh, so yeah, we have come right round, <laughs> back round to the um, hundred thousand Dean Cass fix celebration, and, and you know, thank you, thank you to all of the wonderful authors out there who've contributed to that total, and we appreciate all of you. Thank you. <laughs> we will never run out yes. of reading in material. We never will. Mm-mm. I was. Thank you for being my on... companions these last several years. Yeah. <laughs> so there's enough fanfic to keep us going for many many years now mm-hmm. it's enough to keep us in podcasts for many more anniversaries I always have a giggle at the like conspiracy theories on social media when I see it where people are saying oh there's only like you know six Destiel fans but we each have like a million sock accounts and I'm like well then we <laughs> yeah. must have some serious carpet tunnel by now <laughs> <laughs> six people have written all those fakes here <laughs> I wish I were that prolific G. <laughs> Said we'd we'd have serious wrist injuries, but you know. Well, I have to definitely <sighs> say that we have spoken to at least uh, twenty-two other people who have been writing things all this time. <laughs> That's um, true. We, we've we've got proof of at least twenty-two others other than ourselves. Yes. <laughs> oh, it hasn't just been you guys putting on different accents and like pretending you're someone else. Are you yeah. sure? Sorry, Damn it, um, why haven't I done a Russian accent yet? <laughs> oh <God>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, what, what are the, oh, oh God, I don't follow like the cons super much, but is it like India Russian? The oh, yeah. Uh, Misha <laughs> of doing, yeah. That's what it'll sound yep. like. It'll be very offensive if I tried to do it. <laughs> back then, I'm telling <laughs> Best not, but. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, well, but now I'm gonna I'm gonna thank everyone uh, for the last year of supporting us in this. Um, it's been like you know so much fun getting to talk about fix every every few weeks. <laughs> so um, a big thank you not only to you, Mal, for you know coming to talk to me now and then about this, Aww. but well, also thanks to you as well for putting oh, up with me welcome. every couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> and editing the things that fly out of my mouth occasionally. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's the fun thank part. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so we'll also say thank you to, to Mittens, CB Firestarter, Trenchcoat Baby, Jay Scribbles, Follow Your Energy, and Dimended to Sting, Liz Lee, Mandela Rose, Castiel's Lost Wings, Imogen by Night, goodness me, we've spoken to a lot of people, Bending Signpost, Welvin Wings, Dragon Esco Tanks, Ducky Booze, Kobe, also known as the Communist Unicorn, 
Sharkfish, Little Flirt, and Palace Perilous, and Opal. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yay. And also we've got to say a really big thank you to um, the community and the mods of Profound Bond Discord server for giving us our channel there and um, helping us to get out more into the community, which is great. We're enjoying it. Yeah. Um, so make sure that you um, go to the, the all, like all of the links to all the things we've discussed today are going to be on the post on our website, including um, information about the giveaway that is going to be starting as soon as we publish this episode. Um, so you go to mixtapebookclub.com and have a look at that there. Um, and you can also find there all the ways to get in touch with us. Uh, we would love to hear about, you know, ideas that you've got, ways that we can improve your podcast listening experience you can get us on social media mixtape book club in most places um, and email us at contact at mixtapebookclub.com or come on the profound bond discord and we have a channel there so next time for our 24th episode of mixtape book club we are going to be discussing time travel fix so stories where one or other of our boys or both um, journey backwards or forwards in time some very excited to do that one Yes. I love that trope. There's a lot of good fix out there for that by the looks of it. So I'm excited to see what you rustle up so I can read it. <laughs> yes, yes. Stay tuned. I'm excited. <laughs> so thank you very much to everyone for listening. Um, actually, before I say that, I'll just say one more time. Thank you very much to Opal. Have you, are you, what are you working on lately? Are we, can we expect some more things from you soon or? Fingers mm. crossed. I have literally, oh boy. After November 5th, I like came up with a story idea and um, the most I will say about it is that it's femme slash and I have been dying to write Destiel femme slash forever. And Ooh. I finally came up with an idea and it was kind of inspired by November 5th. And I was like kind of, so it was kind of, you know, inspired by the confession, you know, and I was like waiting on tenterhooks to see how Dean responded because I had like half the fic planned out and then we didn't really, or I didn't get what I was expecting out of it, right? So um, I've been pivoting and pivoting and pivoting and working through what my relationship is with the show now and with their relationship and everything. And um, I do have, I've written a couple drafts of it and I've kind of hit a roadblock on it, but I'm hoping to get back into that. So I'm hoping within the next month or two, you might see some Destiel Femme Slash from me. Very exciting. So thank you all very much for listening and we'll talk to you again soon. And as always, remember that the story isn't over until we say it is. Mm-hmm.